What's the best kind of pudding? Right, uh, if you could de- have any pudding in the world, what would you go for? Oh, definitely a nice apple crumble. Apple crumble? <laughs> oh, yeah, you I mean, put me on the spot, obviously, but I think right now, if you said any kind of pudding, I'd go for an apple crumble. The correct answer was cheesecake. Uh, I'm not so <laughs> you sure. Failed. You know, you know what I think? Well, maybe in some restaurants, yeah. But what about a lovely, comforting apple crumble on a British winter night? You've got a good point there. I don't, no, no. Wait, do you have apple crumble with apple crumble? Do you have it with custard? Uh, yeah. Choice. Okay. No, yeah, choice no, I'm, of, I'm on board. In I'm my board house, mate. Here. In my house, you get your choice of custard or ice cream. No, not ice cream. Well, yes, the choice is there if you want. You would? Would you be offended if we offered you the choice? Yeah, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream shouldn't even be on the table. <laughs> you shouldn't even have it as an option. It should just be custard or maybe whipped cream. Whipped cream. Yeah, I mean it's it's a S- unconventional cream, choice, maybe or clotted cream. Uh, but no, not whipped. you get the squirty cream. Just go no, squirt. You know from the from the little tube. Um, we're, we're from different backgrounds. That sort of thing, you know. Where you you can definitely tell that you grew up in a different part of Highworth to me. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't go over that road. Over that side of the road, they eat whipped, the cream whipped cream with the apple crumble. <laughs> I've got a dilemma. Yeah, what? So Pokemon Let's Go. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether to get Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu. Ooh, difficult because an Eevee can be anything you want it to be. Oh, it can't because the the start Pokemon can't evolve. Oh, okay. So you you know that Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. Um, you had the Pikachu that couldn't evolve. It's like that. So your starter Pokemon just sort of rides around on your head and you mm. can put it in outfits and things, which is very cute, of course. And you could do its hair and it loves you. Okay, I would but go for Pikachu. do I want a Pikachu or Eevee? I would go for Pikachu if it was me. Why? Uh, I guess probably memories of Pokemon Yellow. I mean, I used to okay. really like Pokemon Yellow when I was a kid. So Pokemon Yellow is a good game. But yeah, yeah, well, Pikachu, um, classic, classic Pokemon. You get no one's going to question your choice of Pikachu. Eevee, bit boring when you can't evolve it. I think the real lure of the Eevee is that you can make yeah. a whole team of Eevees and um, have them be all different types. Whereas a Pikachu with an, is lovable with a regular all the time. Eevee, I've just got normal type moves, right? Mm, yeah. Whereas Pikachu could be electric type. Pikachu more personality. Uh, frankly, I don't know. This Eevee uh, looks like it's got variety. quite a bit of personality, mm. but they're sort of building it up to be like as big as Pikachu, right? Because it's such a weird second option. To but be. the whole point and of Eevee is that it just turns into a bunch of different things. It's nothing I know, on its, its own. It's such a strange like option to be alongside Pikachu. I get it's cute and it's part of the original Pokemon like list, and it was like Gary's choice in the anime, but you know. Yeah, I know. Now, I would say Pikachu. That's my choice. I think I'm going to go Pikachu because okay. uh, I want to put Pikachu in some cool sunglasses and a nice hat. And obviously, I saw the Detective Pikachu trailer, which has sort of kicked off my I want to play some Pokemon Going to be brilliant. <laughs> that Detective Pikachu trailer is... Oh, I don't even know what to say about it. It uh, seems yeah. so un-Nintendo. Yeah, it's... Um... Very weird. Uh, I don't. The Pokemon look weird. Um, I don't. In a good or bad of, way. They look. They, they're not. They don't look like a real animal, but they don't look like a cartoon character either. It's like right they, in between. They look like if you took the anime designs of the Pokemon and just put those in the real world. Like, didn't account for how they'd actually have, would have evolved to be like, yeah. like they are in the real world. Just took those designs and put it for like a real life filter. Hmm. I'm up for it though I feel like it'll be a fun watch if anything else oh definitely it seems like it's going to be like that trailer I don't know did things to me where I just thought oh no this isn't just some cheap marketing ploy or whatever this seems like it's it's got some actual heart into it you know it's got some people making it who clearly want to be making this thing well we'll see I'll, I'll put my cynicism aside and just I want to enjoy it for what it is but I mean you've got Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu off of the back of Deadpool mm-hmm. is he doing this just to have a joke in Deadpool 3 yeah, I about was how, how, he, uh, how he was Pikachu or oh a yellow mouse I used to be one of those or something like yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a writer of Deadpool obviously so I don't know what the you're, joke you're not on the Deadpool writing team I'm not in, oh, man. <laughs> as much as I keep trying to barge the door down and get them to let me in I'm not in the Deadpool writing team 
But yeah. it, it's such a, it, it seems such a strange thing to have right. He also did the motion capture, I think, of Pikachu. I feel like people who are 13 now in 10 years will look back and be like, do you, do you remember the Detective Pikachu film? What do, you, what do you mean? Like, you know how we look back now at like random films from the early 2000s? Iron Man. We were teenagers Jesus. by that. I mean like um like Pokemon the first movie or something like that. Okay. But I mean that's probably late nineties, isn't it? But, but I bet yeah. it'll, it'll have a bunch of fans. Uh what what age are they what age rating are they going for of Detective Well Pikachu? it seems definitely seems like it's for everyone. But yeah. the trailer I mean the trailer's weird, but it's not nothing in it is like Oh, I can't take your kids to see this. It's not. It's not R-rated. You're not I, seeing Mr. Mime see banging a jinx or something. Because it's, it'd be a real shame if they made a Pokemon film for like middle-aged nerds like us. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I saw. While well, obviously the trailer focused on Pikachu, you see a Jigglypuff and a Psyduck. In the background, there was a lot of non-generation one Pokemon. Like, there's a shot in the trailer that shows you a Greninja, and there's a bunch of background stuff that shows. The Sinnoh League and and uh, Johto and things like that. So it seems to be stepping away from exclusively showing Gen One, which I think would yeah. be the fear of. Oh, let's just put in a Pokemon that everyone knows. What I really hope it doesn't turn into is the Happy Time Murders. Oh God, that film came out this year. Do you remember that? Wait, is that the um, the Muppets? That's the Puppets. Uh, oh, the, 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 by by Jim Henson's son. I, I've already forgot about that film. Uh, yeah, it's by Jim Henson's son, and you've got you've got puppets, and it's it's funny because they're doing adult things. Yeah, so, so what I hope it doesn't turn into is oh, it's Pokemon, but it's got some dick jokes in it. I don't. I mean, they might have a dick joke, but I, I think we would have probably seen a glimpse of that in the trailer if it was going to be that. Yeah, as opposed to what we've got, I just don't want it to be Dragon Ball Evolution. I've not seen Dragon Ball. I don't want to see Dragon Ball. I've not seen the movie, but I've seen the trailers for it, and it looks like hot garbage. (laughs) The live-action Dragon Ball series. Let's take the entirety of Dragon Ball Z and make it into a two-hour film. Did people get mad that the main character of that film was going to be a black guy? I feel like like Uh, people would get mad about it. That seems like the sort of thing that the internet would get mad at, but let's have a look. Um... I know I've not seen any sort of madness about mad that not her words fail me. I haven't seen any people getting mad at that sort of thing, which is surprising actually, because that trailer, you obviously he had um, you had Ken Watanabe doing the opening dialogue and talking to him about his father and how he wants to be a trainer and things. It certainly seems to be diverse in its casting, which is which is great. And no, I'm not. I'm not. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any backlash against that. But I'm not really looking for it either. But Cal, I'll tell you what people did get mad about. Right. Diablo Immortal. Oh my god. Welcome to the Nerd Under Geek podcast. I'm Cal Doughty. I'm your host of Nerd Under Geek. And with me, again, and as always going forward, is everybody's friend, Scott Hunter. Hello. Right, Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> I've had it's been a pretty normal couple of weeks. I had one of those mornings this morning. You know when you're just pissed off at everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I had what, one of those. What, what, what specifically, or just uh, literally everything? Well, I went into another job I work at part time, and kind of every case that's coming up, I'm getting really annoyed at it. Something kind of uniquely is slightly wrong with each one that I'm having to correct, and it's. Um, uh, and normally it's the sort of thing that wouldn't bother you but like you just let it build and build and eventually by the end of it I'm like every single case I'm just like really really annoyed by right okay yeah that sounds like a bad a bad morning but that's just overall I'm doing very well and, how are you feeling um, now I'm feeling pretty good actually I did I did some taiko drumming I, was, I did buy the drum oh, you, I think no, I you bought, you bought Taiko time. yeah you did talk about it a little bit last, uh, last time how, how is it on Switch? Taiko no Tatsujin yeah it's real good on Switch I bought it with the drum controller and that okay. costs about £100 uh, and oh, that God, I, Jesus I, I, Sorry, go ahead. A hundred pounds just on that, just on that one game. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a game, and the, and the controller was a okay, pretty yeah. beefy thing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm personally of the kind where I'm willing to pay a bit for like a fun and interesting controller. That's okay, yeah, me. I can see that. Uh, How is it? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I really like rhythm games like that. I, I liked Guitar Hero ten years ago when it was popular, and yeah. um, I played the the type of game in arcades. And it's this real nice server home version. I'm really enjoying doing the drumming. I like the uh, like the songs. They've got um, 
you know, Super Mario Odyssey via the song, um, what's her name? Not Josephine. Oh, the Jump Up Superstar. Yeah. Which, uh, Daisy. Wh- Daisy, not, Daisy, not Josephine. Ma- Who's Ma- Josephine? Daisy. Josephine's not part of Mario. <laughs> Princess Josephine is not, <laughs> not currently. <laughs> well, no, it's not even Daisy, is it? Daisy's the, um, Peach's... Pauline. Yeah, no, Pauline. Pauline. That's I, I knew it was an Ean. Oh God! Anyway, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm enjoying the drumming. Um, I can't wait to try and do some sort of other weird playthrough of another game using the drum controller. That'll be fun. <laughs> wait, is it a USB drum controller? Yeah, USB. How does it work when the switch isn't docked, or uh, does it not? So it does have um, it, a full range of arrow keys and the A, B, Y, X buttons, and it has yep. a capture button, a home button, plus minus, and L and R. Oh, so it can be used. Yeah. When the switch isn't docked as it, well. Uh, no, no, it, you can only use it. Um, oh, when it's, when docked, it's docked. But you can't right, no. use it apart from no analog sticks. You can use it as a full controller. Wow, that's wait, but no analog sticks. No analog sticks. So, so you could use it to play NES games. Yeah, you can play a lot of indie games as well. Could you use it to play Dark Souls? I, I haven't tried yet, but I, I, someone more skilled than me, I'm sure, will do a Dark Souls <laughs> playthrough on the Taiko using drum. just the using just the Taiko drum controller. What what's the so you've said that it's got the Mario Odyssey mute song? Is there any other game music on it, or is it all sort of Japanese? No, there's songs it has a whole don't section of game music. It has a. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Of, it has various kind of Japanese, like um, kind of Namco. Uh, published games, I think. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm not. I can't remember any offhand. I'm not good at remembering um, game music like that. But it, oh, has, it has some classical pieces. It has like um, the Can Can. It has a uh, uh, a little night music. One of the Mozart, the famous Mozart one. Uh, it has yeah, a flight of the bumblebees. Oh, I'm quite enjoying wait, that. And your Japanese are there, pop music. Are there drums in those? That's uh, there, there is. They, they've put in a drum track. Uh, there are drums in <laughs> classical music, although less interesting than what they have in the game. This this series apparently goes back a while. Like it's not even just arcade stuff. There's a version for the DS from 2007, um, or in 2006. There's a version from oh for the DS again from 2005. This is not a new series, which I'm surprised with. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it's been arcades for a while. Uh, only in Japan though, and on import if you can find one in an imported. Uh, yeah, there's here. one in the there's an arcade club near me in Bury which has it there, and it's the the drums are starting to get a bit damaged from the amount of use that it gets. Yeah, uh, but you can tell if you look at the uh, the higher difficulty levels, you can tell it's intended for Japanese players because in what, um, in what way? Pretty, pretty sure the highest difficulty level it, it's impossible for me. I mean, obviously because you I'm haven't playing you're not used uh, to it. Right? Uh, yeah, we. But I'm pretty sure some of those difficulties is is Japanese hard. Right, okay. The sort of things that you only do tend to get from games of Japan. Yeah. God. That's 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 so that's so cool that it has that high level because I I've played it a bit in arcade and things and there's like three difficulties to choose from. And I didn't find any of the any of what I played particularly hard, but also all the menus were in Japanese, so I don't really know what I was okay. selecting. So maybe I just didn't go to the hard options. But even watching other people play, I, d- I didn't really see it to be that difficult. So it's nice to see that it's not just a marching drum level of difficulty but can yeah. actually be like quite hardcore and quite fast paced yeah and that's pretty much what I've been playing I picked up Dark Souls for Switch as well and that's alright It's dark. I can't really say much more about Dark Souls and what's already been said I mean the game's fucking bullshit I'll tell you that right now okay because well, I, well, I'm bad at it essentially I'm very bad oh, at it oh right okay well, I'm, you I'm know just not they... very good at video games you've got to get good is what I'm I hear good you, what, what, how far into Dark Souls are you? Not very far. Embarrassingly, not very far. <laughs> I'm not good at the fighting. Have you so. beat the gargoyle boss yet? No. I've oh, not. you're not very far. I've at not all. played okay. it that much. I've, it's kind of sparingly between doing work, but okay. yeah, I have not beat the gargoyles yet. So don't listen to me. What's the port like? Uh, the port's all right. Um, I was worried about. I'm not. I don't care about the graphics. The graphics are a bit better than the original release. Not the as good as the remastered. Although people were complaining about the remastered, I heard uh, about some of the fire effects and so on. And in the Switch version, I think that's all like the original release. So in some ways, it might be better uh, if you right. if you didn't like what the changes were like in the remastered. But there's a bit of sound compression. I was worried about that before I got it. I decided to get it anyway. I've not noticed it that much. 
right, maybe okay. if you have a very sensitive ear, uh, you might uh, find it troublesome. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a decent enough compromise for having it on the go like that. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess it, they have to do what they can to get it on a, essentially yeah. a tablet, right? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was I've not been bothered that much about it. Uh, so the, I mean, I've played like? on headphones, and I played with speakers, so you know. Yeah. It's okay. What about the frame rate? Frame rate's like absolutely spot on. As I said, I've not played it that much, but all the yeah. other reports I've heard have been saying, you know, frame rate is pretty much locked at thirty. I got I got about midway through Dark Souls when I played it on the PC and it was it was good. It's the sort of game which I drop off of pretty easily because of how like much it takes out of you. Mm-hmm. Like it requires a lot of you to to keep going and to to finally get through to those final stages and levels. Yeah, as you know, I don't really like games with any kind of intensity or challenge to them. No, so you've picked well with Dark Souls there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I agree. Uh, Intense games I can only ever play in short bursts. I've I've never really been one, not since I was like quite a young teenager, who can sit down with a game for hours and hours and hours. I really I play games in pretty short bursts. That's what I, I've been doing, sitting down with hours and hours with Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a pretty good game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't buy the Xbox One in the end. I, I did. I ch- chose not to. I thought... I mean, I bought the Tyco Drum, and that was my, my treat, my yeah. purchase. So I don't... Yeah, I thought, no, no, I, I don't need to play uh, Xbox. Well, you wouldn't be able to really... If you're not someone who sits down and plays hours and hours of games anyway, Red Dead's really not for you, because yeah. this game is something where... To do anything in that game can take you over an hour to like go from one side of the map to do a mission at the other, and then you're walking back at the start of the mission alongside the new mission buddy. It just everything takes a long time, but it really draws you in. Like I found myself, I'm I'm, I'm a serial phone looker, so I'm always I've got, I'm habitually always looking at my phone. But playing Red Dead, I find myself not even wanting to glance at it. Like it really really draws you into that world by requiring you to really invest yourself in it but with, with the sort of slowness of it all okay. so it seems like something which would be bad but actually I think it works in the game's favour but it does take some getting used to like yeah. it took about, about 10 hours before I started getting into the flow of it which is a lot to ask from a game especially considering I didn't I dropped off of Octopath Traveller after 5 hours for similar <laughs> reasons I don't know what the difference See, there I is I stuck with Octopath Traveller I've got put like 25-30 hours into Octopath yeah but I don't know what the difference there is where Octopath Traveler I dropped out because it wasn't really going anywhere and Red Dead I've got invested into it specifically because it's not really going anywhere at times interesting I've played about I've played about 25 hours so far and I'm still on the second chapter which you get to about 30 minutes into the game I really really wish Octopath Traveler had been all boss battles oh I agree I wish yeah. Octopath Traveler had, had been something along those lines or maybe not necessarily all boss battles but if it had had Less, uh, yeah. all dungeons maybe. But the I could fun, be, I could the fun be part that. of that game is when you're in a very intense boss battle and you have to think about every move and you're really carefully considering your tactics. Whereas yeah. the everyday fights are pretty sort of rubbishy. Uh, not really, don't really require that much thought or anything like that. The boss battles in Octopath Traveler turn it into a strategy RPG yeah. in a way, so in I- which which it would have been like. Imagine if the whole rest of the game was designed along the lines of something like XCOM where yeah. it was the same sort of battle system as Octopath but you were having specific scenarios which you had to work your way through yeah I, I just really wish um, well, I, I don't know if like a boss rush JRPG ever exists but probably not it would because been... how would you level your characters up in between battles and like it, there's a lot of RPG tropes that you'd have to kick out yeah well, maybe it could it be done work. it'd be good we should make it yeah, well, well, we have we have no game experience. Uh, that's but let's, let's Christmas do it. Uh, will be available in time for Christmas uh, next year. <laughs> Christmas 2019. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, it's called um, Big Boss Battle Boys Five. <laughs> five? Five? Yeah. How how many have we got to make beforehand? People will think it's a it's a. Do sequel. we make the other? Do we make the other four? Well. <laughs> That's part of the the alternate game. We're going to do an ARG as well to launch it. So our, our marketing strategy is we're going to go on to like right. Creepypasta and we're going to be like, have you heard about this game? I hear it's haunted. <laughs> it's called Big what? Boss, Big Boys Battle Boss 5, <laughs> but no one can find one through four. <laughs> I saw a picture once on the internet, but then it was cursed. <laughs> 
the picture removed itself from my hard drive days later. Yeah. So it's a boss rush JRPG tactics battle game that is also an ARG. Roguelike. Roguelike. And it's got a, a story. It's got a. Um, uh, it's in VR and it's got also <laughs> its own cryptocurrency. <laughs> Then six months after launch, we're bringing in the multiplayer where a hundred bosses jump down onto an island and they just all have to battle each other. Yeah, coming soon on Kickstarter. All we need to make this <laughs> is uh, £100,000. Uh, so do do get your donations in. <laughs> uh, it will definitely ship uh, by Christmas 2019. No, uh, no worries. Unless it doesn't. Unless it does. We will definitely make a sincere effort to make this happen. And if you're disappointed uh, at the results of this game, you're not alone in your disappointment because there's been a lot of disappointments this past (laughs) two weeks. This is my segue. I know we tried to do a segue before, before I did the whole intro thing, but this is my actual segue now. Uh, We want to talk about some of the the quite, actually quite ridiculous and crazy things that happened over the past We're coming kind of lukewarm off of these news stories, but I still think worth talking about. Definitely. So we'll start with the BlizzCon Diablo mobile announcement. Okay, well, I'm, I'm interested to start with what this. what the hell? Okay, so the... Um, do you want to do background? Because let's I let's just do background. Forth. So Blizz, BlizzCon was last week, and it's... Was it last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah. And it's the big uh, announcement time for Blizzard Maker of Games to say, here's what we've got coming up. And so it's, you, you, it's, a, it's a Blizzard fan convention. It's a Blizzard fan convention, so fans have to pay to go to it, see it's this. Not an, it's got, not an industry event, is what I want about to know. A thousand, a, a thousand plus people in a room, all listening to the Blizzard developers, announcing these new games. It, it, it's, it's like an exciting time to be a Blizzard fan, and this is meant to be a celebration event for fans, where they should give fans what they want. Yeah, I'm, I mean, go- I, I say it's not an industry event. They do announce things there, and there are industry people there, but you know, it's it's a convention that's marketed at fans. But they're announcing things with the idea that, that they want the fans to hear about. Yeah, exactly. First, it, right? It's not so- a purely industri- like industry event. It is no. it is mainly meant to be for fans to come and come experience things. Yeah, that, that's how they so marked it. You would think that you you'd have they had some good announcements. They had they showed off some of the World Warcraft World of Warcraft classic stuff. Um, they announced Warcraft Three Remastered, and that looks pretty flipping great to be honest. Like I think it looks really cool. Um, and they announced a new Overwatch hero, you know, as, as they, as they but, do. But it's the a new big, Hearthstone stuff. The big story is as I think it was during the opening ceremony. They announced. Wait, what? Yeah, I think it was at the end of the opening. Kind yeah, the of end talk. of the opening ceremony. So when they've done all the announcements, you've got one one more thing, and it's a Diablo game for mobile phones. For mobile, it's been developed by a third party um, who's already kind of developed some other similar type games. Yeah, so I've got this from Eurogamer. Uh, Diablo Immortal is the name of the game. It's a brand new Diablo game set in the Diablo universe and exclusive to mobiles. Is developed by Blizzard in partnership with Chinese video game company NetEase. Yeah, which so maybe isn't what you end a conference with when when people have been wanting a new Diablo for about six years now. The, the long story short is the crowd wasn't happy. There they asked some snarky questions during the Q and A, and they also did their fair share of booing as well. And yeah, so is- you have the. <laughs> You have the Q&A where that guy goes up and says... The guy asks, is this an April Fool's joke, essentially? Is this a late April Fool's joke? Um, I didn't find that... I didn't think that was that funny, but it's it's a sort of... It gives you a showing of what these fans are feeling. But the the interesting thing is, this sparked a whole new cycle of hot takes and reactions to hot takes and reactions to the reactions. And, And then here we are now to talk about it a couple of weeks later. What do you... I mean, what's your what's your initial thought on it? Okay, so I've I've looked at this. I mean, I've seen people on Twitter talking about it. And I've seen the news articles. The, the news cycle on this one went weird places because obviously yeah. you have the initial announcement. The crowd's not happy. Blizzard fans generally not happy. And then the me the backlash, the media conversation generally pivots to being around. These fans are entitled. They're, you know, they they weren't right to boo, or uh, you know, they shouldn't have asked kind of sarky questions or whatever. Um, 
Uh, I thought that went into kind of weird places. Uh, I guess I want to preface this by just saying, uh, unfortunately, I have to say, like, look, harassments and threats are never no, justified. Not good. Never, never justified. Universally condemn that. If you know, if you're the kind of person who is kind of targeting Blizzard employees and sending them nasty things, that's not okay. That's not okay. Don't listen to this podcast. Don't want you here. Is, <laughs> frankly, is is, uh, is is general disappointment okay though? Yeah, so I think the, so. Sort of, the sort of backlash they got, the booing, the person saying, "Is this a late April Fool's joke?" Was is are they being entitled, or do you think that they're justified in their in their disappointment and outrage? Well, that's the thing because I heard people specifically, like games journalists, talking about the guy who went up and said, "You know, is this a late April Fool's joke?" And being like, "Oh, you know that what a dickhead. He's ne- you know he shouldn't have done that. That's not okay to do." And all I can think is like, look, the guy asked like a kind of sarky question. At the at the Blizzard people on stage, and I don't know, maybe maybe it wasn't so nice to do that because obviously for people on stage, it was like lead developer uh, Wyatt Chen. Yeah, and this is their guy. game. They, they, they don't really. I mean, they're the employees of Blizzard. They've got to go up and do the thing. You know, I'm I'm sure they didn't have final decision making power over what was going to happen. So it's not really you know, their personal responsibility. At the same time, they can handle a snarky comment from some guy. You know, he yeah. was he wasn't exactly that rude. He just he kind of made a joke at, uh, at their expense, and whether or not it was particularly kind of. Um, professional or not you know it was um i i don't think it's i don't really think it's a big deal i don't really think it's worthy of dwelling on a guy was a bit a bit snarky uh you know whatever but my my real question is like why did they choose to announce this at blizzcon because yeah they, so this is this is the sort of announcement so if you're gonna this is why i'm this is what i'm i'm leaning towards actually because i think blizz they're not in the wrong because whatever who who really cares but they should have known better than to announce this sort of thing at their fan festival. Like they, you, they have enough market knowledge and enough understanding about what their fans are looking for and what their fans are after to know if we end a conference with this, they're not going to like it. Yeah, like, surely. Mean, it, Blizzard can announce whatever they want. I mean, the, the thing is, the, the people at BlizzCon are not the target audience for that game is what you've Absolutely got to realise. Their, their main target audience is actually in East Asia, is in China. Uh, it's been developed by a, by a Chinese developer uh, and kind of more sort of casual mobile market fans. You know, it is not the, the people at BlizzCon who are really um, the vocal minority of sort of Blizzard fans. These are the, the really big fans probably focused on PC. And yeah, yeah. It, it was the wrong venue to announce it. And you would think Blizzard would have a bit more sort of PR awareness than to announce it at BlizzCon. Or even just general self-awareness. Like surely they can see, or not even just self-awareness, but awareness of the industry as a whole. Like they can, they can see how other companies have done something similar. You had Bethesda at E3 this year, where they announced a, an Elder Scrolls game for mobile. And then they followed that up. They also announced an online-only Fallout game, which just came out today, and the less said about that, the better. <laughs> but they also followed that up with, hey, just so you know, we're making the new Elder Scrolls game, like a, a new proper Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls Six. Just showed a logo, but at least they acknowledged it and said, hey, we're making this. Yeah. As opposed well, to Blizzard, where they just ended on Diablo Mobile, and then we'll see you later it was the wrong venue to announce it and also the wrong time at that venue as well because they yeah. announced it as the big finisher to their opening so if you slipped it in like day two or day three or so I don't know how long this con is but like if yeah. you slipped it in like the second day in like just one of your panels or like talks like oh yeah we got this new game coming out uh, mobile whatever probably wouldn't have been such a big deal or but even just midway through it, or like just show it, it. Uh, show it just before the heart, the the new Overwatch hero cinematic. You know, let show that and then and then go. Here's the new here's the new Overwatch hero. This is great, and then end on I don't know Warcraft three, which as far as I'm aware was a surprise. Yeah. So the way the coverage went, it was curious to me because it went from sort of condemning that reaction to almost kind of defending. Uh, the unreleased game, the Diablo Immortal game, and and I'll be yeah. honest, I don't have any confidence at all in 
Diablo Immortal or really any mobile game released by a big publisher. I mean, let's not forget the other side of Blizzard, which is Activision. It's Activision Blizzard is the company. And I don't really trust them to... You know, not release a microtransaction laden, just sort of oh, um, definitely. grindy game. I don't, I don't have many expectations. It's okay. The game's not for me. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm not gonna play it. That's fine. But you know, I, I wouldn't say like that. I have any expectation the game will be any good. And it's weird that the kind of media coverage pivoted into being like oh yeah these game these gamers are you know booing over this game but they've not even played yet and it's like from from my perspective it's like yeah they've not played it but we've seen we've seen projects like this we've seen ea releasing you know dungeon keeper yeah they've played enough of these uh, already you know we we know how it generally goes and in my opinion these big companies you know EA, Ubisoft, Activision, Blizzard, they've not done anything to earn the benefit of any doubt whatsoever. Yeah, we, we've, we've seen mobile games before, you know? We've, we've, we've seen people release mobile games and we've seen what, what they bring out. And, and so we know how that tends to go. And so if you're going to go with this and you want to avoid that backlash, you should outwardly start with, hey, we're making a mobile game. This is why it isn't like those others. And the fact that they haven't done that and have incorporated a company known for making some of those worst mobile games is sort of just admitting, yeah, we're making a cheap cash grab. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Activision Blizzard is a company uh, under our current economic system. They're going to pursue profits. They don't really... It's profit first, you know, game second. Uh, that that is the bottom line at the moment. Uh, So they're going to make their mobile game. They want to make money off it whatever i can't bring myself to feel that strongly about it other than just vague disinterest but yeah at the same time i don't feel like they've earned the benefit of a doubt to say oh well maybe this will be good i mean i feel like that that moment was over about five years ago <laughs> for the in terms of thing, the mobile market the worst thing was fans trying to make the most of it so you had fans going up and being like hey is this going to come to the pc at all like okay we understand this game whatever are you going to bring it to the PC so we can at least play it the way that we want to play it, like with mouse and keyboard and things? Which is 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 perfectly reasonable if that's how you want to play your games. Like, okay, we'll take this game, but let us play it here. And the response was pretty much, don't you guys all have phones? Yeah, I mean, you can talk about, again, people, you talk about uh, people making these, like, sarcastic comments or whatever. Wyatt Cheng shouts into the audience, do you guys not have phones? And he's yeah. a professional. <laughs> you know, he's, he's the, meant he's to the be professional PR talk. person. Uh, I feel like... Uh, that is the sign of a real failed press conference when when you spill over into active antagonism with your audience. Yeah, you've kind of lost control of that. And I do feel sorry for those for that guy and um, and his co-host as well. I can't remember his name now, but you know they do have to go up and basically feed everyone this shit sandwich. And they probably know you know it's not the not the announcement people are expecting, but they've been told you know by the higher ups you've got to go do this. Uh, okay, I, I feel a bit sorry for them, but equally you know they are professional and they, they presumably do this stuff quite a bit. Well, they're, they're, from what I gather, they're the developers working on the game. So one of the people, the one of the main people up there was like the director or, or the the head of the of the development of this game. So, I mean, I suppose they're not PR people, but the same, and they're, and they're hearing people say, hey, this game that you're working on right now is bad, but they got, they've got to be better than that, right? Yeah, I mean, presumably they get some sort of training in speaking. I mean, maybe I'm expecting too much of Activision Blizzard. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not their fault. I mean, the, the sort of decisions of which games to greenlight and which not to, that they're made by board members that we don't even know the names of because they yeah. have no kind of uh, public-facing role. They're just uh, they're making these decisions. But yeah, it's... Um, uh, it, it's a sign of kind of a failed conference all around when it spills over into its active antagonism. But, you know, um, and I agree, you know, the audience could have been a bit better about it. I mean, you can always say something like that. At the same time, though, uh, you know, Blizzard markets this this convention as this kind of fan convention. Uh, yeah, they, you're they, our family. This actively, is for you. Yeah, they actively target their, their big fans, their core, their... What, you know, the 1% of hardcore Blizzard fans as their audience and if you go to this convention you've probably spent hundreds of dollars on a ticket yeah, and you're travel to and, go there. and hotel and whatever and I can understand you feel a bit a uh, bit annoyed that this um, you know you they've announced this thing which yeah by all, by all accounts looks not very good it looks like a cynical uh, kind of cash in and there's 
yeah, I, I can understand when you know you talk about this kind of relationship between companies and their hardcore fans that occasionally kind of turns into this toxic relationship. But it's the companies that cultivate this relationship because they think it benefits them yeah. to market to people that way. So I mean, it's 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 weird because obviously they announced they showed some more Warcraft Classic and thing and stuff as well. Uh, so, well, it's weird because they showed some Warcraft Classic as well, which is quickly becoming one of my most anticipated games of the next year. Like just a, just a re-release of the original World of Warcraft. Yeah, and, and, it's, and Blizzard more than anybody, uh, more than most companies, kind of cultivates this sense of community. And you know, you're a fan. We're all part of this community. You know, we take care of you, etc. And so yeah, it's it's a if it turns toxic, it is a relationship that they've cultivated uh, with their fans. Yeah. and it doesn't necessarily need to be. I feel like. Uh, it's kind of almost an unquestioned uh, element in a lot of video game marketing strategies that you should focus on this hardcore, like, small audience when really there's a, there's a bigger audience that you could target out there. But that's... Um, Absolutely. That's another thing altogether. But uh, look, let me just drop sort of uh, some truth for any <laughs> okay, anyone who I'm might be listening. It. Look, Blizzard is a, <laughs> no a is. massive... Activision Blizzard is a massive company and if it is in their interest to fuck you, they will fuck you. That, that is just a fact. Like, Blizzard's not your friend, guys. Uh, they're, they're a massive company. And every time they talk about community and fan loyalty, etc., yeah. they only do it because it is, they believe it to be profitable for them to do so. Uh, uh, maybe individual Blizzard employees. Uh, maybe Riot, Wyatt Chen gets up there. He, I don't know what his personal feelings are, but as a company, yeah, as an entity, Blizzard only cares about you insofar as you are profitable for them. And uh, as I said, if, it, if, if they think that they, it will be more profitable for them to throw you aside and do whatever, that's what they're going to do. They think the Asian mobile market is more profitable. They're going to make games for that market. But they uh, should have been more aware of oh, yeah, where they I think so. this. But because I mean, this isn't this isn't the only situation this week, this this past two weeks, where we had a company make an announcement with a complete lack of awareness of what that would entail. Oh yeah, that they picked the wrong venue and time for the announcement. But this just my message to anyone out there who is a big Blizzard fan: just remember, it's a one-sided relationship. It's all on you. They they don't yeah. care about you really when it when it comes down to it. <laughs> but that comes uh, down to all companies really. Yeah, because remember, all these business decisions are made by board members who you've never heard of, and they yeah they can they can only care they they only care about answering to their shareholders who are going to want to see increased like profits for the next financial year. So that which is a shame because you think of games as the as as they're games you know they're they're about play and fun and things but it it's but that, that's just how, the way that, it is. that's our current economic system I don't think capitalism is very good <laughs> to get to talk about that for a moment but it you know I I think we can talk whatever about how things should be different and I agree things should be different but you know the current the current way our economic system works that is what is happening and it's best to be aware of that. Uh, games have been big business for a long time a very long time uh, a very long time and yeah that, that is the case they are answering to their shareholders they want to make as much money as possible and in the case of most of these big big companies that is their main goal so don't basically you know buy the game enjoy them if you want to but don't think that the company is going to consider your wants if they think it's more profitable to consider someone else's wants Absolutely, and if if they're not if they're not considering what you want and they're just chasing profits, maybe you should speak with your wallet. Yeah, and, uh, and for the same reason, that's why I don't care about some guy asking, a, uh, making a joke at the BlizzCon panel. You know, um, again, f- threats and harassment are never justified. Absolutely yeah. condemn that. But making a joke at a panel or whatever, I think is put. I don't care. I don't care because the and that's the weird thing mainly I found about this news cycle is it pivoted from talking about sort of um, these so-called entitled fans to pivoting yeah. to almost defending this mega corporation this multi-billion dollar company um, which I, I feel like that's always the wrong you see take that, you see that a lot in games media where it seems hard to separate the companies from the games themselves mm-hmm. which, uh, which, is, which is something which needs to be fixed I reckon uh, are you ready for a Are you ready for a segue? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, speaking of companies that have chosen the wrong platform to announce something, let's move on to Square Enix. The past two weeks, <laughs> who they said that so they so background for this, 
they said there was going to be a special video like conference type thing, like special special video about Final Fantasy XV to give you an update on the DLC that had been promised. So Final Fantasy XV is a game that's been out for two years now. It had four DLC packs so far, and they announced another four for this year and 2019. The first of which is meant to be coming out soon. And so they decided to do a new update video for fans, where they called it a special update of what's to come with Final Fantasy XV. And then on the update video, announced that the director of the game had quit Square <laughs> and and they were cancelling the rest of the DLC. Very good. Apart from one of them. And that was a special update. That was a special... Imagine doing that, though. Like, it's, it's another thing where you've, you've got fans in a place and said, hey, we're going to give you an update on this thing you love. And then you've just given them the complete opposite. I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, that's, that's really weird. It's really, this is the sort of thing that should have been announced in a press statement or something, not, hey, tune in <laughs> at six o'clock on a Saturday evening. We're going to tell you some big news. Your whole family's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh. We've kidnapped your dog. We've got some big news about your dog. It's been kidnapped. So, and you're um, never seeing it again. So did they sell a season pass for this uh, second lot of DLC? I've been looking into this and I can't find anything about a season pass. So um, I'm going to do another quick search. Know. But what do we think about the actual just general announcement for that? I mean, it happened. Uh, I mean, I don't... If that's the way things have gone, I can't really... Um, I mean, I don't know. What do, what do you want me to say? I don't know. It's just like, what were they thinking, Scott? They, what were they I, thinking? I, I, maybe they thought uh, if they just like kept positive, uh, then people would just kind of follow. You know, when you got like a dog, and when you when you train a dog, they're always like, you know, always keep your voice positive, even if you're, you know, it's the tone of the dog will only read the tone of your voice, not what you're actually saying. So if you want to yeah. reward your dog, uh, tell him he did a good job. You can say whatever, just make sure it's in the right tone of voice. Maybe they thought. Like that, if they just said things We're cancelling all the DLC! The director of the game that saved it is quitting! He's forming his own company because he hates working with us. What the hell? Oh, God. Uh, did they... Was that super last minute? Like, did they schedule the special update and they had something else to announce and then really last minute this guy quit and they had to cancel I everything? I don't know. It's so strange. So, so they had they had a, an announcement where they'd lost a significant amount of money. Like over the past year or so, they've lost just over twenty five million pounds from like games not doing as well as they should have done. So I think they were just like, we can't keep going like this, and then just through internal talks, quick quick internal talks, and then. Right, what can we cut? Okay, we've got to cut this. Special announcement, done. Yeah. I mean, Square Enix have never been that good for money. They did the, the Tomb Raider series, didn't they? They did... No, they, they, they bought Eidos, yeah. who then did the Tomb Raider series. Yeah, so so they, they you, you had the, the original Tomb Raider the, stuff. No, they the published the modern Tomb Raider games. Yes. Uh, they're, they're the company that said, you know, Tomb Raider sold like 5 million copies, but it was still a disappointment. You know, Square Enix haven't been good with money for a while. But this is the same company that spends 10 years making Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. I think there's quite a big division between Square Enix US and Square Enix Japan. So I don't think you can make too many comparisons between them. They kind of run no. their own ships. So when they announced that Tomb Raider's not done well, is that Square Enix America saying that? I, I think that must have been Square Enix US. Uh, but, that, right, that, okay. but they were the company, I'll just point them out, who said... You know, Tomb Raider sold five million copies, but still disappointing because we yeah. thought it should have sold whatever ten million, 10 million. or whatever. Or but it's it's such a like they'll spend ten years making Kingdom Hearts three, and they're probably just gonna be like, okay, yeah, it's old enough. Or or what was it like eight years making Final Fantasy fifteen? That was originally a different game that was oh, a yeah. spin off to originally Final Fantasy thirteen. Now, Square Enix Japan were the company who expressed surprise that Bravely Default did well. And would you, would you think about that? A game made in the style of a game series that made you famous is popular with your fans. I, I, yes, I wouldn't, uh, would never have thought. I wonder how they feel about the Octopath Traveler sales. Like, uh, how is that done? How were the sales? I've got no idea. I don't. I don't. Oh, I really don't okay. know. But this. So this is a year. So they've announced this loss. But this is a year where they've released Octopath Traveler, 
and a new Tomb Raider game. Mm. Tomb Raider? Tomb, Tomb Raider. Ra- I want to play Tomb Raider. <laughs> Tomb Raider. So those, those two big games in not in Octopath Traveler is not exactly a franchise but it's still a, like a, a big game made yeah, by a studio that made game. Bravely Default Yeah, it might as well be a sequel to Bravely Default but two big games and they're still like announcing a, a loss like this and then you have The Quiet Man which again <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, Square Enix are kind of a very inscrutable company I think they're so really strange. It's so difficult to tell what their themes. Occasionally, they'll come out of a brilliant game, and then they'll release for Quiet Man. Yeah, and it's then such they'll a tell strange you thing. that they're cancelling all the DLC, and that, that the design lead has gone off to form his own company. Uh, so I'm what- gonna be, I'm gonna be scared to watch any announcement video for Final Fantasy XIV, an MMO that I still play yeah. regularly. So any announcement going forward could just be, or any announcement from Square Enix about anything could be. We're not making this oh, anymore. Square, or, Square Enix hey, was also the company that lost the Final Fantasy VIII source code. Wait, is that true? Yeah, no, did not know about this. They lost. Is this why they're not bringing it yes. out on anything? Yes, yeah, they lost the source code of Final Fantasy VIII, so they can't actually port it to any systems. The best you'll get is like a weird emulation. Uh, so you got the you got the PC version which got released, the PlayStation version which got released, but that's it, right? Yeah, you you'll never get a better version than already exists because they lost the source code. Right. Okay. So that's what. What? So that's it. why. That's why you ha- you've got coming to Switch next year. Final Fantasy seven, nine, ten, ten two, but not eight. Yeah. I thought it was just because eight sucked, which yeah, well, it did. Right. Well, what are your thoughts on this? Like beyond they shouldn't have announced it in the way they did. Like, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a shame. So I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy in general, but also especially a huge fan of Final Fantasy 15, which I think is a way better game than people give it credit for. You, you made a video it, about Final Fantasy. I did make a video 15, about it. I think you? it's it's an incredible showing for uh, male friendship. Where can people find that video? They could they could find that by searching nerd and nerd and or geek on YouTube. <laughs> um, but it's 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 a it's a spectacular game which does. It, it feels like playing. It's, this is going to sound bad, but it feels like playing an anime. You know when you like see characters in in cutscenes or in, in anime like bouncing around and like flying through the air and fighting each other and things. This game's like that, and it enables you to do that sort of thing, and you're actually in control of it, which a lot of games don't really manage to do very well. It has a really great open world. I think the characters are interesting, and it had a lot of scope to expand upon the story, which was a bit a little bit lackluster in the game as a whole, a bit a little bit generic but had like background stuff that I really genuinely wanted to find out more on, which now, is what these DLCs were going to focus now, on. Now, Callum, tell me, because uh, I don't know that much about Final Fantasy XV or Final Fantasy in general. Is there okay. an anime boy in Final Fantasy XV who starts off as the villain, but then later turns good? No. Oh, I love that character. Still- <laughs> that character. I know that I know that character's like a, a genuine, like a typical trope for JRPGs and things, or just anime in general. No, no. Vizico, in Final Fantasy XV, the Vegeta, I love him. Yeah, in Final Fantasy XV, you start off with three friends that you're traveling with, and you end with three friends that you're traveling with, and you go on this huge journey together, and it's really nice and a really, just a really nice, like great experience, and you feel like you feel really connected to these four characters in a way that I don't often feel in games, and I really wanted to see more of this story in this world, which isn't going to happen now. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's, a, that's a shame, you know. Yeah, it's a shame. So we're disappointed about the DLC being cancelled. Yeah, what, absolutely. What? What was? Do you know what the general fan reaction was like? Well, the Final Fantasy fans were absolutely disappointed as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, people. I think some people weren't huge fans of Fifteen. A lot of people, some people really liked it as well. But then you get that with any Final Fantasy game, where some people, some people love Thirteen, and uh, and most people hate it. You know, it's it's it, it. Every Final Fantasy game seems to land one way with some and another way with others. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll say the same. Um, you know, continue on a similar theme. Um, you know, treat all game announcements as provisional until they actually come out. Is what I say because you never know when. Even with a big game series like Final Fantasy, stuff can just get cancelled. It sucks because even this game, this Final Fantasy Fifteen, did well from what I gather. Like it sold millions of copies and if that's not enough to be like okay these people deserve to to get the rest of the DLC or you know they must have they must have seen something in the first lots of lots of DLC that they've released 
that made them think it's worth doing some more. So to see them then cancel that yeah. is you don't really see that with companies, you know, you don't see companies do that. Because surely they had the data from the first four where they thought, Yeah, we can do more with this. Yeah, I mean, but it does happen like a lot of companies don't even plan their DLC before release, so they'll just... No. Um, I mean, we were going to talk uh, about kind of season passes and stuff like that, that's why I asked if they sold the, uh, the season pass route. But if you do definitely yeah, get not companies sure. who, um, who, you know, sell a season pass without really even uh, the DLC being in the concept stage sometimes. Yeah. They're just like, we'll probably make DLC at some probably. point, so we might as well yeah. sell this. Which, I'll go, so, I mean... Um, to spin off a bit into talk about season passes, you know, if I wouldn't recommend buying a season pass to anyone really, because what you're Ever. really buying is a promise. Uh, yeah. If you're pre, if you pre-order DLC or buy a season pass, yeah, you're you're buying a promise that at some point in the future the company will make some DLC. Well, regardless of this this DLC here, regardless of if it was a season pass or not. I'm now wary of anything Square Enix releases where they promise some some like I could never buy I, I know I play Final Fantasy fourteen, which I think MMOs are slightly different, but any game if they were to release a game as a service such as Overwatch or I'm trying to think of something else like a Destiny type a Destiny type game. You know what I mean though. If they if if they were to release like a Destiny game where it's free to play or you, you pay for the game up front, but then it's you get free updates and things and you're buying into it on the basis that it's gonna be a long lasting thing. I'm not sure they. I think they've lost a bit of that. Like they've lost the opportunity yeah. to to that goodwill that you'd be given them on the basis that surely they've released some more things for it. Yeah, I mean these companies don't deserve your goodwill. Like frankly, <laughs> are we it, getting back there? Well, no, but it's true. You look at their their track records. Most like I can't think of any big publisher that has done anything to deserve the benefit of a doubt from anyone. You're putting your trust on literally some of the least trustworthy people in the entertainment industry. I'm trying to think. I'm sure that I mean. Nintendo's the closest, but even then, you would say they've definitely done some shitty things, yeah. which doesn't deserve the benefit. But Nintendo's of the done alright, but I've not, I've not bought a season pass from them. No, which I think they have. They released a season. I think they released a season pass for Zelda. Uh, but yeah, that was just two. That and, was two DLCs. And Mario so Rabbids you, had one, but that was Ubisoft co-published. Yeah, I bought the Zelda one because I wanted the first DLC anyway. Yeah, and so I, I knew I was going. I mean, it's Zelda. I'm going to get both of them regardless. But yeah, I don't know what else they've did. They do a Mario? That was, it, most, most of the DLC tends to come in two parts, and they yeah. tend to tell you up front what that's going to entail. What I say is, wait until a year after release, because you'll still be able to get the season pass. It will be discounted by that point. Yeah. And also, the DLC will have come out, and you can know whether or not it's good and that it exists. I can see I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's my thoughts, really. I mean, this is basically going to um, be me on the same theme that these companies aren't really very trustworthy. You said at the, be at the beginning that I'm everyone's friend, and I am, but I'm not a friend to <laughs> A, Nazis, B, people who harass, harass people online, and or in real life, to be fair, uh, or yeah, C, no, just online. massive I only companies... Don't. See, I'm only not friends to people who harass people online. Uh, in, in real life, it's fine. Or see massive companies. I'm not a friend to them either. What if they hired you? No, I've, what to do? What I don't. I don't think they got any jobs. I want to be fair. To be their friend. To be they're, their. They're, they've got a job opening for friend. Oh, uh, would I? Would I shill for Ubisoft if they pay me like a million pounds a year? Just get up on stage. You. All right. You the, the aim of this podcast, kind of now is for me to become such a big media personality <laughs> that Ubisoft will pay me to get up on stage and tell you all about the new Assassin's Creed. And they could have you with the dancing panda outfit from the latest E3. Conference. And when I'm telling you about Assassin's Creed Mobile or whatever, feel free to yeah. be snarky with me. Crowd. I will, I'll get up. Is this a late April Fool's joke? <laughs> all right, Ubisoft, the offer's open. So uh, uh, my, my fee is a million pounds. You might not think that's worth it now, but wait a year and we'll talk. But at least at least they'll be paying you for your work, which is more than you could say for maybe PlayStation with the PlayStation Classic at the moment, with how that's turning out. <laughs> in more sense, In that the, they're releasing a classic console and the emulation software they're using is just free open source yeah. software. Open yeah. source software. So yeah, I did we'll talk about PlayStation Classic as well. Uh, mainly, if you obviously, uh, hopefully, most people listening to this will know. You know, it's it's part of this trend lately of releasing um, 
the consoles, they look like classic consoles, PlayStation, SNES, NES, etc., with uh, basically bundled with a bunch of ROMs running on emulator of games of that console. Um, PlayStation Classics come out. I think people are being a bit underwhelmed by it, but the main thing... People... Is it out or is it out soon? It's coming yeah. out, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I, reviews are in. People, are, people have yeah. posted reviews of it, so at least like media outlets have access to it. And um, some fans have been a bit annoyed because the emulator that they're using uh, is not a proprietary uh, Sony emulator. They've not made it themselves. They just used no. an open source um, third-party emulator that is already uh, has already been available for years. So, they, I mean, the bonus for them here they, is that they don't they don't have to pay anyone for it. Uh, in fact, the person the person's come the person who makes the emulator I, 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 I've not got their name. I'm not going to lie. I haven't got the information here. But they've come out and said it's it's great for them because it proves that this free emulation can be good enough to yeah. be the real thing. And, and it is. I mean, um, most of the time, you get a kind of an open source kind of third-party emulator. They've had whatever years, decades sometimes, to get this right, uh, as compared to if you want to build your own emulator from the ground up, it's probably not going to be as good. No, um, exactly. That's the bottom line. But yeah, I mean... Some people were a bit annoyed about this, uh, and I don't. Well, I can un I know why, uh, but I think they're mistaken in being annoyed about it. Yeah. Wait. So you wait. You think people are mistaken for being annoyed at Sony for this? Yeah. How come? Well, because uh, it is a complete myth that uh, an emulator. Because when you're buying these like classic consoles, you are buying uh, basically a small emulator. Uh, in a, an attractive presentation, in an attractive okay. box. But what you are buying sure. is an emulator with a bunch of ROMs. And it is a complete myth that, uh, you know, a first-party emulator is any better than a third-party emulator. Like no, I said, okay. I, I, not, could, I could see that, yeah. but Nintendo, for the NES and SNES, made their own. Yeah. So you, they, they, you can sort of justify the price because they've put the work but, in. But there's right? no qualitative difference between that and a no, third-party emulator. Apart, apart a, from a the fact that you're paying emulator. a company to do it. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it kind of drives home like what the fact of the matter is already, is that when you buy these consoles, you're paying for the attractive box. You're paying for a yeah. presentation. The, uh, and let's, let's be honest, um, you could get an emulator and ROMs of all those games for free online. Not legally, but it is easily available. So sure. why pay the difference? You're paying for the presentation. Um, you're paying for the presentation, but I think you're also paying to get the official thing, right? So like, I, I, I'm not huge on the emulation stuff. I'm not against it, obviously, but I just don't do much myself because I have lots of other games to play anyway. But if I was wanting to get into emulation, I want it to come officially so you're sort of playing it the knowledge that you don't have to do any workarounds or anything yourself you know that the companies put this work in and they're saying this is as good yeah. as the real thing or this is we've done this to make sure you're getting the proper experience yeah. and so suddenly when you're paying a company to do that and all they're doing is downloading it from the internet and going here you go I can see where that frustration yeah. from. I so mean, like NES and SNES Nintendo's making their own and they've made their own emulator even though it's not different to the regular everyday emulator that you can get on the website like vSNES or whatever You've, they've still put the work yeah. in, and so you can justify paying them. Oh, I, I Whereas understand. Sony has gone, take, here, give us £90, which is more than the SNES yeah. and NES, and we'll just download this from the internet and, yeah. and shove it oh, in. No, I, I understand why people are frustrated, but I think they're frustrated because it drives home the fact that basically, um, you know, the third-party emulator they could get for free is as good as the first-party emulator uh, Sony could make if they chose to. And it, it drives home the fact that um, this uh, kind of myth that these companies are perpetrated, you know, they, they want to persuade you to buy uh, to buy the software from them, to buy the ROMs. You're paying for well, ROMs. Well, yeah, I mean, they Nintendo want... came out and sued that couple yeah. who had the ROM yeah, site yeah, anyway, exactly. which but, rightfully, maybe rightfully so. I don't, I can't, I'm undecided about I mean, that. in terms of legally, or, or, or this kind of separate topic, Nintendo also sued a couple who ran a big ROM site uh, for $12 million. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, they won in court. I mean, it will get appealed and probably cut down a bit in number, but, you know, they, they won. And legally... That that is their right. They are legally in the right, as our current legal system is. You can talk about morally should they or should they not. But yeah. you know the, these companies, um, 
they they have they want to convince you to buy the software the ROMs from them uh, first party and to do that they will suggest to you that their first party emulation is superior to something you could get off the internet for free but the reality is it's not really and I feel like people are more mad because they've been the kind of the veil has been lifted a bit and they've realised that there, there's a lie underneath rather than um, being mad because Sony um, didn't do well yeah they're mad because Sony didn't do the work but Sony not doing that work reveals to them that you're paying for a box that is what you're paying sure. for um, I mean it is you're, you're paying to have an attractive little yeah. version of this classic console in your living room and they look good yeah it looks I mean Playstation fine, but... 1 never really looked good <laughs> anyway but you know but they, they look they look right yeah. and everything but, and I suppose I could see but, the appeal yeah I'll say kind of what I've kind of said for a, a little while now it is like these companies, when it comes to like old software like this, are kind of actively refusing to be competitive with the free alternative. Like they'll, they'll sure. make, um, they'll, they'll basically charge for ROMs that you can get for free. And it's kind of, um, their only real defense is, um, well, we own the rights to it. And, you know, it's illegal to get it from anywhere else. And they are right about that. But you uh, could say that about any yeah, game. They, they are right? right about that. But it doesn't really... Uh, I don't find it a very convincing argument. Uh, you can go back to stuff like music and so on. You know, everyone... Ten years ago, everyone thought music piracy was going to ruin the industry. And then Steve Jobs or whatever realised that if you if you price music competitively and make it easy for people to get, people will buy it from you. And I feel like... Well, a this lot is what I'm starting to think that Nintendo's going to be doing with their online yeah. service. Because obviously you can get the NES games for yeah. free with online. They've, they've kept well, it updated for, for regularly. For free with online, it is part of yeah, the £20 on- a year. Yeah, uh, fee that you are paying. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe it as for free. It is one no, of the sure. features of the service that they sell you. But it's like a Spotify subscription, where so people will subscribe to Spotify because of the ease that it gives you, yeah. it gives them. With these sort of old games, maybe that's the better way forward. Yeah. Well, but then I, again, ne- the the NES and SNES classics sold massively anyway. Yeah, so maybe they not. did. I mean, it, it will be popular. Um, I think people's anger is a bit misplaced. It's not, I feel like, you know, they they think that a first party emulator will somehow be better, where really they should be disappointed because they're realising that they've been lied to. Uh, so who should we be angry about at? Who, uh, should we, who should we be angry at? Who should we be angry at? I don't, we should be angry, um... Tell me who to be angry at. <laughs> who do we kill, Jerry? Who do we kill? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know if you should be angry at anyone. I mean, it, this is this is capitalism. It happens every day. If you're if you're going to be angry at every instance of a big company acting up, you'll spend your whole life angry. And it is, I mean, there are, there are much worse uh, exploitations than this going on in the world. So I'm not really sure I can bring myself to be angry at it. But I just think you should, with your eyes open, realise what it is you are paying for. You are paying for that box. You could get this stuff for free online and yeah these companies in a way are kind of not being very competitive like we talked about the uh, the, uh, the NES classic you know uh, Nintendo online subscription thing um, and we compared it you compared yeah, it to Spotify yeah. but I say it's different for Spotify in one major respect is that Spotify that? has millions of songs on it and the Nintendo yeah, okay, put like what 20 games up um, and they release like one a week or one a fortnight or something which is honestly kind of pathetic like if you think if you even get like, I'm not sure I go as take, far as say it was path- I don't think it's pathetic I think the, the NES selection on there is, is pretty good pretty good I mean I've, I've looked at the selection I can select I can think of maybe three games on that list that I play for more than five minutes uh, really um, if we're, we're I play quite honest. a bit of Super Mario Bros 3 Super Mario 3 um, Super Mario Bros 1 and um, I can't remember what the other game is I play but you know um, but if you think of all the games Nintendo has in this library yeah I, c- I could I could see you like I could see you a, a, a wanting to do all the games but I suppose there's also the porting process involved with that but, as well but they're just ROMs they're not ports they are they are straight up ROMs um, I mean I'm mean, yeah. added some online functionality there are, there's maybe in this catalogue a bit more work going on but a lot of the time they are just straight up ROMs uh, and and you know they, they can they can do better than this is what I'm saying Nintendo have a lot of resources and if you think of all the games in their library and if you, even if you take away 
games that they can no longer release due to copyright uh, conflicts and reasons like that. They could release a hell of a lot more games onto that virtual console. And yet we get kind oh, of yeah, this definitely. anemic dribble um, that uh, starts very small and maybe by the end of the Switch's life cycle will resemble something like a, a meaty library and still won't even... I, I almost bet you that even by the end of the Switch's life cycle, like this collection won't even resemble a even uh, like a, a significant fraction of what Nintendo could put up, and then the new console comes and out. Then and then next console generation, again. we get to yeah. do it all over again. I mean, again. it happened with the Wii U as well, and like yeah, it did. 3DS and, and the Wii and stuff like that. So, you know what I would, you know what I would be interested in buying. I think would be quite interesting if What's Nintendo that? just releases a virtual console console. It's uh, kind of like a, a SNES or NES classic time thing where it's a little box. It has online connectivity and. You know, it only plays games through Nintendo's Virtual Console streaming service, and that's your. Well, that's what I, that's what I think they're going towards. Yeah. So the, but, the obviously the 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 emulator on the Switch right yeah. now is itself a program. So yeah. like when if I look at my played, I've played four hours of the NES emulator yeah. that they've got. You know, not the official name. Yeah. But I think what they'll be doing going forward is port that to further systems. Yeah. So oh, you, have, you have a unified account system now. So your online account is there forever. Yeah. So you get a new system. You can bring that across yeah. with you. Is is where I'd like to see yeah. it going. And and again, Spotify doesn't reset their library every five years. No. So yeah, it would be nice uh, to if they're gonna pursue the strategy of dribbling out a few games onto the service quite you know, very slowly. It would be nice if they kind of kept it ongoing and didn't reset it uh, every new console generation. Because it doesn't need to be that way. Is that's a choice that they're making? Yeah, that's you're right. Um, but yeah. So in conclusion, on my end, third-party emulators are probably better than first-party emulators, if we're honest. And just be aware of. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy the PS Classic or the NES Classic if you want it. If you think that's going to be worth it for you, that's your own choice. Just be aware of what you're paying for. You're, you're paying. For, I, I think I think that's a good. You're that's a good nice attitude to have. For and anything, and really. again, same thing with. Um, uh, that's my reoccurring theme today it's same thing with season passes be aware that you're buying a promise and um, and when you invest time into if you want to invest uh, emotional energy into being a fan of a company be aware that they might drop you that's an yeah. excellent lesson to end there it on go. thank nice. you Scott for, for this chat that was that was good we've learned a lot we've laughed a lot We've had a we've had a good chat. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Nerd and or Geek podcast. Name still pending. I don't know what I want to call this. It. Probably just going to stick with that. To be honest, um, thank you, Diagonal People, for letting us use their song "Oh Heartache" for the start and end of the podcast. We will see you in two weeks' time. Same podcast place. Same podcast us. Yeah. Same. Shit. Sure. Bye. Bye.